Welcome to Talk Design, the show where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey and I'm your host. Having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. Hey foodies, want a quick easy way to ramp up the gourmet factor in your kitchen? Vandero is a brand new name in gourmet Australian mustard that's making a difference. Throw away what you thought you knew about mustard and then bring it back again with flavours like nut seed and port, seeded sweet white roe and craft beer. Plus, with Vandero's Oz Harvest Partnership, every jar sold provides one delivered meal to an Australian in need. Told you it was making a difference. Go to vandero.com.au. That's V-A-N-D-E-R-O.com.au to order today. So my guest today on Talk Design is the fabulous Winner Privé. Now, Winner lives in Houston, Texas. She's part French and she's part English, and she is a world-class illustrator with clients like the Savoy Hotel and big-named interior designers. I'll let her tell you about some of those. Um, She really makes a mark in what she does with her illustration work, something really special. So, Wena, thank you so much for being here. It is a great pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Adrian. It's really, really an honour. It really is. Cool. Well, I think the honour is all mine, to tell you the truth. But anyway, we'll oh. go with that. <laughs> um, could you tell me, I, I've got some different questions here for you, but one of them would be, how did, what's your journey? How did you get from being this, this girl at some point to this woman and knowing that this was what your destiny of work was going to be, that, that you were going to become this illustrator. What was that journey? Um, well, it has sort of to do with um, my background. Um, I was raised overseas. Um, so I actually don't live in, I just kind of, I am where the work takes me. Um, I go kind of between LA uh, and I'm going to be in London soon. Um, but I actually um, started in LA with, in terms of work um, and was looking for what it was that I, that would sort of satisfy my uh, creative needs. And uh, I started in fashion PR um, over in LA. And then I sort of worked my way into, I was doing some styling for uh, like celebrity, celebrity stylists. Um, and then I switched over to, I sort of down, um, I worked in the, the for Columbia Records for a little bit. Um, so just sort of, I think with creatives, um, we can kind of wear many hats and we, before you find sort of something that really speaks to you um you have to kind of try and see what what fits you um and i uh thought none of this is working um this is not uh, this is not uh, i'm not like a an la girl there uh, celebrities uh acting like uh, the world revolves around them this is not fulfilling me creatively 
Um, so I left LA um, and I decided to start my own um, in illustration. Um, and I, at the time, know it was a career. Um, I was actually talking to and meeting people um, who were in business and I was drawn to it and started asking questions and was saying, uh, they were actually also doing some things for interiors. Mm -hmm. um, some of them were doing things for fashion. And I thought, this is, this is fantastic because I don't have to sort of choose one alleyway I, or one path. I can, I can dabble in fashion. I can dabble in interiors. I can wear a few different hats. And um, I think creatively, I, I need that. Um, just because otherwise things get a little, little bit stale for me. Mm -hmm. um, mentally, I need that um, variety uh, to keep me stimulated. And so um, I started seeing this and, and asking questions and I started to um, just started to build my business, basically, um, just doing work for um, anyone who would have me, um, anyone who would, who would let me just draw a little doodle for them. Um, and, uh, eventually, you know, you start to build, I started to build my, my clientele and, um, yeah. And then I became a, just a full-time illustrator, artist and, and all that. So. What a fabulous story. That's fabulous. <laughs> it's neat to, well, you know, I, I interviewed a really amazing photographer and he said he, he started with, you know, doing BMX photography and then on and on and all these things. And he, he went and studied it as well, but he just went, it was only at one point he went, I'm just, this is driving me nuts. I don't know exactly what I should be doing here. And then right. he started photographing buildings and he went, this architecture speaks to me this works yeah and i think yeah boom. sorry no I, I i find with a lot of creatives because you can sort of fit into a lot of boxes mm -hmm. you're not necessarily sure when you're when you're starting out you're not necessarily sure where you belong right where you can where you can give the most or where you can really um uh add to the conversation or add to what's going on and uh, that's why i was sort of dabbling in all these different you know fashion and interiors and styling and just all all over the map and i didn't know um what spoke to me the most and i think it was a culmination of being able to do something that i'm good at but also have this exchange with different types of creative fields really sort of fueled you get to meet all these different kind of photographers and uh fashion designers and interior designers and architects and you know all this sort of um melange of people and i think it's uh it's it's fantastic because you it just uh you get to learn so much about so many different fields and I think it only add to what you do. Um, yes. So I, yeah. You, you, you start to cross reference and pollinate from maybe fashion to, to interior design yeah. or 
um, to any, any, you're working with creatives and then there's a sort of yeah. a stream that flows and um, one, what one creative does here, another creative does here, but they do it slightly differently. And then you create yeah. your own thing from that. It's, Absolutely. Um, I love that. It, it, it's certainly a journey of discovery, but then when you go, well, I'm an illustrator, then you go that piece of my craft and that piece of my genius is what I deliver to all these other different creatives. And right, they, exactly. You know, in fashion design, they've got a certain kind of creative and then, you know, like um, anybody who's designing something has a certain kind of creativity. One of the and things the process that, too, yeah. Yeah, and the process, of course. Mm -hmm. The things that um, I always think is, is that with all creatives, it, as you say, they, it's so easy to be lost because you yes. can do enough, you can turn that creativity enough to be a thing as opposed yes. and fit a space, but it doesn't necessarily give you the overwhelming sense of um, being able to give to your client or to, to somebody else to be able to give of all of yourself in, in the now, like naturally, very authentically. It's like, ah, oh, it's, it's yes. so waiting to get out. It's um, yes. once you stop searching. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I've got a question, which is, um, if you were to do, uh, you know, your favorite kind of um, places or, or people to work with, I know that you, you'd yeah. really love the hospitality industry um, because yeah. it, it's got, it, it, it draws people into it and it gives in return to those people. So it matches what you do yourself. Um, and then also like with working, say, with interior designers or architects and creating spaces like that. Um, with the with the scale of work that people get you to do and the process so if if we use for example let's use the savoy hotel where you did the savoy game tell okay. me about the kind of the process that happened and <laughs> that you know you weren't working with one person so tell me the process of what happened and then how it gets to being the outcome and and how you fit with all that Okay, yeah. Um, I think that's actually one of my favorite projects done. Um, but it was definitely completely new, completely different for me. Um, when the Savoy approached me uh, to do the, the game, um, I was already going, I, I, I'm not sure I'm good enough for this. I, this, is, this, this is a huge, huge uh, project. I don't know if uh, if I can take this on and I was telling my friends like this is insane I have to say no um, and uh, so I, I, I said yes um, and um, it, it's it's working with a team like an entire team so you're working with the the PR team of the hotel and then you're working um, their um, their branding team and so it's an entire process and you have to uh, you have to um, be able to work with many, many different people. Um, and it's important to sort of check your ego at the door, check everything at the door and say, okay, I'm ready to take on whatever it is you have to give me. And you, you sort of take everybody's individual needs, what you think that they need or what they want, 
and you have to be able to mold that um, into the spinach product um, that fits their brand, that you know tells yeah. their story, that so that people, oh yeah, that's Savoy. That you know that makes sense. That that goes with their with their aesthetic, with their um, with their message and, and their style. Um, so so sort of mar- marrying what you do in terms of style, in terms of uh, with with their brand is, um, as we were talking earlier, it's really about sort of um, being able to understand people and and what they need and what they want. And um, I, uh, it was it was an extraordinary experience, but um, I, I had to sort of work with the PR team and get all those ideas. And they, you know, they sent me um, everything, basically a brief of what this was going to entail, what they needed from me. And uh, started working with their, uh, with their, their sort of their branding team and their production team, which where they take uh, my work and they have to build this product, right? Yeah. Um, so they're taking my illustrations and then it has to be mass produced um, into a product. And so, which was complete for me actually. Um, and um, so sometimes I would send something in and they would make changes and I would go, oh, wait, why are you, cha- why are you changing that? <laughs> I liked it the way stuff. it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't mess with my stuff. And so changing colors and maybe, you know, tweaking some things or um, there were some characters at some point where, where they were like, um, this might not be, this might not represent exactly what um, the Savoy uh is and so you have to go back and redraft and and rethink Mm. okay what is what is it that um is gonna make this as beautiful as possible what's gonna make it people go okay yeah that's that's the way that's the boy so it's not not mistakable it 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 is so clearly them yes Yes, exactly. So I had some characters, for example, uh, I'm not sure I'm allowed to say it, but um, I had some characters that I had for the, for the, it was basically a map um, of London. And um, we have some little characters in there that I illustrated um, to kind of show the, the life of London. And, um, but these characters have to um Kind of appeal to the Savoy customer. They have to be very elegant. They have to be very um, stylish, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's it's it was a, a wonderful process. But I definitely learned a lot about working with different teams, about letting because I'm a perfectionist. I sort of go no after, yeah, no <laughs> kidding. I go after what I want, and and uh, if it's not a certain way, it just really uh, drives me insane. And so I had to be able to let go and say, okay, you're going to change that. Okay, that's fine. You know, whatever it is that needs to be done to make this yeah. as successful as possible. Um, yeah. That's so, so. cool. Um, you know, all <clears throat> architects, designers, they all at some point give their work away. Unless yeah. it's for themselves, we only, we're, we're a service, we create it for others. And yeah. how they use it 
ultimately we can't control it. You know, I, I know having designed lots of houses, um, going back and um, there's, there's always the challenge of when do we photograph it? Because if we didn't do the interior and maybe they didn't get somebody to do the interior, then what is the interior like? <laughs> yeah. um, and when we go back to photograph it, we're like, <clears throat> well, some houses we never photograph. There's, there's the answer because the house might be beautiful, but their interior doesn't necessarily match the aesthetic we're looking to show. Exactly. And yet it's yes. still right for them. Um, but it's not necessarily right for what we want. So we will do parts of the house rather than all of it. Um, yes. Yeah, I've actually so. had that same experience. Yeah. Where you do certain projects for people and you take them on and you, you, you go, yes, this is, this is definitely um, my work and my style, but it's not necessarily what I represent yes. on a, on a larger scale. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've had I've had some sort of similar uh, client work like that too, where I don't um, <laughs> I don't necessarily show it, but I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Like there's um there's always a journey with every client and outcome and everything else, um, and in some way you're attached and you do the job. You're always giving of yourself for your part of the job, but you can't always control yeah. the final thing. Yes. You, know? you, you yeah. might do a beautiful piece of illustration or art and it starts out here, but ends up over here, you know, with something yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. And it wouldn't and it, be what you would choose, but it's still a beautiful piece of art. Yeah. You have to yeah. sort of learn to let it go a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when you're yeah. a perfectionist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Um, Everybody has a superpower or a genius. And I often think that it's the thing that comes so easy to them that it's very hard to recognize. And when it comes to being an illustrator and a creative like yourself, what would you say is your like superpower or genius? What's the part that is total joy for you that just fills you up and it just flows from you? Oh my goodness. Um, uh, I'm a very sensitive person. Um, so it, not in terms of, oh, you've hurt my feelings, but in terms of um, I'm sort of able to recognize in people, I'm sort of to, able to pick up on little things. And I think that's important when you're dealing with clients, mm -hmm. um, especially when you're doing a creative job for them. I, I think I thrive the most, as I said before, I thrive the most in doing projects for um, um, the hospitality uh, sort of sector. And um, I love doing interiors too, but um, more so because when you're dealing with hospitality, you have to deal with people, right? Able to sense what it is that they, what they need and what they want. And they're not necessarily telling you. They're not necessarily saying, I need it like this, like this, like this, like this. Um, they're giving you a sort of broad idea of, of the project, of whatever it is that you're, that you're being hired to do. But I think for me, 
um, I'm sort of able to understand very acutely someone's brand or aesthetic or style, um, just the sort of the feeling, right? Um, and be able to take that and 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 um, work with it and deliver something that someone goes, oh, 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 that's exactly that's exactly what I was what I was thinking, but but they never said it, right? Or could so, find it. Right. And so you have, I don't know, I, I feel like for me in any given creative scenario, right, that I've had in, in so far in, uh, in what I've done, um, I'm, I think I'm able to sort of um, pull <laughs> what's the, the feeling or the whatever hasn't been said, but sort of take that and, and be able to run with it and, and do something. Um, that fits someone's brand or aesthetic or style or um, it touches or, them. It, yeah, I think that's sort of my because um, uh, I'm just sort of a very deep, sensitive person, and so for me, I I can't just say, okay, um, you want a painting? We'll, we'll do a painting. We'll stick it on the wall. It has to be so much more. You know, it has to really uh, mean so much to someone's soul or or create or finish a room or um if it's a if it's a creative uh commercial project project it has to really speak perfectly for the brand right um and i think that's maybe my uh my superpower i don't i don't i'm not quite sure but i think that might be it i think when you describe um you know like being sensitive like highly sensitive, like um, it doesn't mean you're reactive. It doesn't mean that you're, but what it does is it means that you are drawing on people's feelings right. from, from so many spaces. And it's not yeah. just the words they say, it's the facial features, it's their, yes. the way yeah. they sit their body, it's, it's everything. It's, it, it's, and I know what I do with this and I wouldn't say I'm a super sensitive person, but I, I kind of fish with ideas and I watch for people's eyes to light up. And when yeah. I see a little, just a little glimmer, glimmer, yeah, I'll go, what was that about? I'll ask them yes. because I'm probably not sensitive enough to put it in a long stream of understanding. So I'll say, Oh, what was that about? And they'll say, what? And I'll go, your eyes changed then. What was it you yeah. liked or disliked? What was that? And and again, yeah, exactly. Know, a woman's intuition is probably always going to beat a man's intuition. You know, women are men are going to hate me saying this, but women are, are far, <laughs> far greater connected to the divine or the universe. Um, that's why they got the right to make the babies. We just got the right to do the right. part at the start. Um, but that's why, because it's it's part of the DNA and all the rest and the nurturing and yeah. all those things that it, that that's why nature did it that way instead of giving it to us. Because boys, yeah. we'd that's probably so put it down and, yeah. and go and do something else for too long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that 
that level of sensitivity, you know, is really important. There's a, an interesting thing um, that a, a guy that I will be interviewing on um, Talk Design at some point was telling me, and it's written in some of his books and stuff, is, you know, there's a, there's a big beauty industry. Um, and the yeah. beauty industry is about women. And, you know, like for, for many years, they've said, well, why isn't there this beauty industry for men? Now, there used to be a beauty industry for men, but a long yeah. time ago. You know, men with their powdered faces and all the rest back years and years ago. But the beauty industry for women is mainly based, or not mainly, but heavily based on skin care and um, rejuvenation of their skin. Because a woman's skin is actually thinner than a man's. So women age more quickly without the care because of the fact that their skin is thinner. And the reason their skin is thinner is because their sensitivity to micro changes has to be higher. And so when you do that, and you're saying about you're highly sensitive, probably with all your senses, like smell, touch. Absolutely. Yeah. Hearing is one of them, but visually everything, little micro changes and you get a sense of where it's going. Yes, absolutely. It can be, it can actually be really annoying, but <laughs> for, 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 um, in terms of, um, dealing with people or, or dealing with creative work, it's actually been an uh, immensely just, um, a really positive asset actually. But in my everyday life, it's really quite annoying, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I I can see your 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 room behind you, and I know that everything has its place. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, yeah, which is quite. Uh, <laughs> that might be more my my perfectionist side, but my uh, just highly sensitive is really not just okay. We're too hot. We're too cold. <laughs> oh right, yes, of course, of course. I didn't even consider that. See, oyster <laughs> noise is blocked. This fluoride is really annoying. Yeah, so. I have um, I have a strong one with noise, and yes. I, I love music, um, but I'm not musical. But I absolutely love music. But I, if the noise is just a little bit too high, um, I want I, I won't listen to things unless I can actually hear them. So I, I, I won't listen to the radio, for example, or I won't listen to the news and have it on in the background because I don't want to hear, I don't want my subconscious to hear stuff that I don't want in my head because it's all yet. going in. Mm-hmm. So yeah. then I'm very deliberate about it. But if it's just a, a fraction too loud or it's just a fraction too directional. You can't. Uh, no, that's hopeless. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the same way. Yeah. Even if I'm, I'm cooking dinner way. or something, it's just like, oh, it's turn it off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In my studio, we will have, we'll have um, music playing. And if it's the wrong song, I kind of get up and make myself a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. I'm, yes, I'm the same way. I'm like, this is the wrong, this is the wrong vibe. Just, We've got this. Yeah. It's not conducive to what I'm doing yeah yeah, yeah. Well, I, I also really on on that on that point that you made where uh, I think creatives in general they absorb everything yeah. right we you you absorb everything absorb it um and I think what you were saying earlier about not wanting to hear 
even if it's on low, you're still going to think about it later. It's going to ruminate. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. it's um if if you got only got to choose what you put in there that might be a bit too narrow but at least make conscious choice over what you can um absolutely yeah without a doubt i think that's like it's a life lesson something interesting i was was doing a um a talk with uh, on talk design the other day with a, a guy called paul dunn and um paul made this really interesting comment about um Companies, so something that Simon Sinek said, I don't know whether you know who Simon Sinek is, but he's like, he, he said this, great companies don't offer us um, a place to, um, well, I might have this wrong, actually, I better be careful with what I say. Um, <laughs> what they offer us is a place to buy into. They don't offer us a product. Great companies don't offer us a product. They offer us a, something to buy into. And Paul said, yeah, I I really love that. And he's a good friend of Simon Sinek's. And he said, my my take on it is, is they great companies offer us a place to belong to. And when you talk about connection and that sensitivity, when you let people A, into, into the part of you that you're going to let them into, but B, you can go into them, you can journey into them then how do you let them belong to the process and belong to the outcome? And so whilst you might do it all, to them it was a collaborative approach. Yes. And I, I, yes. It was somebody, I went back to my notes there to find it um, because I thought it was just so much what you were saying about you listening to these people and you're, you're, you're beyond listening, your skin's listening your nose is listening, you know, everything's yes. listening. Uh, you're and, absorbing everything. Yeah. Yes. And so you're, you're soaking them up and then, and they'll be soaking you up because you're so in the moment to be able to do it. So the connection's so authentic because otherwise you can't yes. do it. Yes. And then from that connection, you kind of not draw a line, but you kind of stop and then you go, okay, here's the product from that. Yes. But, and yes. then when you, present them the product they can see their own journey and their own outcome yeah and it fits with them so beautifully that they've they've without them you couldn't create the same product yes absolutely it's a beautiful way to it's a beautiful way to work and operate like yes i love that i love that so much yes it makes you very much so it makes you be very careful with the people you work with Yes, absolutely. Because it's such a strong. Have you turned? Have you ever turned down clients because you thought, okay, this is not. Um, there's it's it's almost, uh, there's not even a word for. It. No. You're almost going. This is not. Uh, it's not going to work. <laughs> I often um I often, for me, I can find the good in just about anybody, and my wife will say this. She says, you know. Yeah, you can see what's good about anybody. And I go, well, that's a good thing. And she goes, yeah, it is. It also has its limitations because you'll miss what's not good about them. So I very much with clients um, look at their relationship. So in general, most of my clients are male, female couples. Okay. Um, Sometimes 
It might be male, male. I've never had female, female clients. Um, but the behavior between them and the respect they show each other determines to me how they will treat me. Okay, yeah. Because they're always going to treat each other. If, 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 if they're not treating each other well, then I'm going to be below that in the pecking order. So when right, I see a, yeah. a husband be particularly rude to his wife in, in our meetings or in a meeting, because um, there's never a second one if that happens. Or, <laughs> and if I see the same with a, a woman who is um, cruel or, or, or something like that, then I'm Maybe going, emasculating. Or, yeah. yeah. I just go, you know what? I, I get, I've got some clients who they make me laugh so hard. And I like to laugh with my clients. Um, where they go, where, where she will clearly be making the decisions and she'll be saying, no, 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 he's having that. That's what he's having. <laughs> and we use it a lot of joking and stuff. And I will often go, oh, okay. So he's been told. Anyway, let me just clear that with him. And I will play it against her and we have, you know, we'll make it a laugh. Um, yes. But she may be the project lead. She may be the person who's doing it. But if she is actually really emasculating mm -hmm. him in another way, and I go, I'm out. I can't do it. Interesting. It's, it's yeah. a bad, a bad vibe. I don't need a bad vibe. Bad vibe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very important because well, I look at you. As I say, I'm nowhere near the level of sensitivity um, that you, that you would operate on. So they don't get they get in, but they don't get that deep. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, another question. Where to from here? What's next? Oh. Um. So I've generally sort of gone where I, for the most part, I can work remote quite remotely. Um, but for a lot of projects, I have to be on location or, you know, I have certain meetings need to take place in person. Um, and a lot of that is also because of the, uh, you have to have a person to person uh, connection. You have to be able to feel certain. I mean, it may sound a little hokey, but, you have to be able to feel certain things. Um, it's very much uh, involves the sort of human psyche and a psychology, right? And I, I don't think you would have a person. choice. Right, exactly. For you, I don't think you'd have a choice. Like um, <laughs> the connection's one thing, but to be actually in the space in the with space, the person. Yeah. Right, it, it's it would very be important. like an accelerant, you know? It's like I could go... So when I, could I have a meeting with you like I'm doing now? Um, I'm sure yeah. if we were sitting across the table from each other um, and we were talking then, there would be the level of connection would be a thousand times different. Right, um, absolutely, yeah. And so um, being sort of uh, sometimes on location is really important. Um, but I, I go where the work is and right now I'm... Um, I have more, it's a little bit different, um, but I have more work coming from the UK than anywhere. Yeah. Um, so I'm making a move to go there um, full time um, and, and work from there. Uh, Did you say I'm full getting time? Full time, yeah. Whoa. In London, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So thank you. Um, but it's it's evolving. It's not necessarily. Um, I mean, that works in in. Uh, it's still in the talking uh, phase with some 
um, hospitality, just sort of some of the hotels there, um, everything's still in talks. You know, because of everything with um, coronavirus was put on hold so abruptly. Um, so things are still, we're being, we're talking things through, but um, right now things are sort of progressing more with um, interiors. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've had a few pieces of, of work that are going to be um, more based in, in homes there and and maybe uh, commercial spaces, that kind of thing. So Wow. So um, yeah. for everybody that's uh, on listening to our audience and talk design, when is going to be in your neighbourhood if you're in the UK and uh, certainly in France as well? And any of the, any actually anywhere in that, in that region is going to be well within your striking distance. Um, yeah, very, very right. easy. I actually, I actually have a, a company I work with um, in France and they do um, wedding, uh, what's it called? Wedding planning. And oh, sure. They put yeah. together wedding events. And so I work with them sometimes um, to produce um, certain illustrations or they need someone there uh, during the event to do oh, pieces really? for, for, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a luxury. Um, the guests, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so there's that too. So that's a lot of fun. Oh, that sounds amazing. That yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah. To be able to go to an event and actually produce Live. things at the event. Yeah. That's, that's game on. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Mostly everyone's been drinking, so <laughs> people don't give you a hard time if you mess up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a nice little piece, isn't it? It's like they were already in an altered state, so yeah, there's leeway. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, those stand-up comics where they're talking to a room full of people that are already halfway gone, so it's <laughs> not too bad. Yeah, makes for a good evening. Yeah, absolutely. What an interesting um, opportunity, though, as well. To yeah. it, it, it in two ways. I think there's, there's amazing opportunity for you to be able to give a gift that that you can give through somebody else yeah. to other people. That's a really absolutely. beautiful thing. Um, absolutely, yeah. And really special because to get the gift, they actually have to get a connection with you to get the gift. Right, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know when we got married, um, Becky and I, we went and we took Polaroid photos, like big format Polaroid photos, of every guest before the wedding. And your placeholder became um, your photograph. So when you went to find your place, and on it we put a nickname that we gave you. So um, I, for yours, I might have put um, something like uh, beautiful drawer. Oh, so so it you. would be it would be then you would be looking for where's my seat because yeah. there's no table plan. You've got to walk around, and walk around. then you'll find a picture of yourself, and then it would have a description below it. So everybody else who came past would look at. Well, what what is it like who's oh. that person and okay. yeah and they might have learned something about yeah that's really yeah. neat i like that that's we, clever we actually got a uh, we've got an album 
where we ask them all to write a message on it and give it back to us. And so we've got an album of everybody's photographs with the message written underneath it um, from, from our wedding. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, just as a really That's fun lovely. thing to do. But it was, um, and because they didn't know they were going, some of them were taken three days before, some of them were taken on the day and just, you know, put together, but we'd planned it all out first. Yeah, well, it's similar to what you're saying. Like, um, you know, you, you're giving a gift of, it's, we gave them other gifts, but um, again, it, it, it was a giving of, getting something from them that was a connection with them and making them, I mean, we only have 50 people at our wedding or so, so then we were, we were very connected to every person but then being able to create a story about who they were just in a few words. Right. Hmm. I like that. It's fun. Yeah, I, I think being able to have somebody like you at, at, at somebody's wedding or at somebody's um, event like that is just the most magical little thing that, you know, they take away a piece of themselves, but you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I see. And, and you, the, it's, it's good fun actually. I think it, I, I enjoy it. So. But high stress. Uh, very high stress, yes. <laughs> very high stress. Anything live is high it's stress. It's high stress, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think artists in general, there's this sort of um, uh, uh, juxtaposing yeah. willingness to be, to be seen and then the willingness to hide. So we're constantly... Um, <laughs> oh, I think you're so right. That. You're so right. It's such, and there's a a piece where we often will step over the line into something and then go, oh, I'm in now. Um, and you you pull out all the creative skills to deal with what's ahead of you. Yeah, absolutely. And, oh, wow, I'm in now. Yep. That's fascinating. Um, so if somebody wanted to um wanted to hire you to do something for them, what would they, what would, what would they be looking for? What, what sort of thing? If they were an architect, if they were an interior designer, if they were a, somebody with a, with a home, um, what would they be looking for? What, what, what do you provide them? What would they be looking for? Um, would, it be a, would it be a big piece of art? Would it be a small piece of art? Would it be an event like you're saying? Um, what, what are the well, kind I, of things that you, provide obviously for hospitality and stuff like that like we, we may right. there'll definitely be some architects on here that design hotels and then so what right, would you provide yeah. them what would be and there'll be interior designers as well so I do a lot of as I said earlier I think uh, I have a lot of creative hats but I in terms of spaces um i that's more of the artist side um, of, of what I do because the illustration is more commercial in terms of products. And um, um, if you're dealing with um, uh, events or um, illustrations for um, like the Savoy game or uh, that's more, that's more products or, or um, one of the uh, pieces that I did for the store window for the boutique windows that's still more product uh, gotcha. based. Um, but for interiors, um, I sort of, I have also shifted a lot of my work and my style in doing canvas work, 
and an artwork for interiors. So sometimes they'll come to me and say, oh, and, and it really varies. Um, it's really difficult when someone goes, what do you do? I'm like, okay, well, how much time do you have? Yeah. <laughs> um, because someone might say, okay, well, I have this children's bedroom that I'm working with an interior designer on to, um, uh, to, to, to make really beautiful and really kind of match the rest of my home. I don't want it to look too kid, like too childish. I want it to look really elegant. And so I might do illustrations for that room okay. or someone might come to me and say, Oh, we have, um, we're doing, um, I have a hotel that has a space where they, they need some artwork filled there. And so um, you're working with the vibe of that room, working with the color palette of that room. You're looking at adding value to that room, maybe a show-stopping piece. Maybe it's more subtle and it's more elegant. Um, so that's kind of, it's it's really project-based uh, yes. what I do. It's, it's really need-based, right? Yeah. Um, so it kind of varies between homes or hotel spaces or products um it really really varies yeah it's a great answer because it shows the diversity of um what what's available when you work with an illustrator or an artist yeah um yeah. one of the things that your ability to do is is certainly embody their story and then tell that story back so if right. it was exactly. a hotel space or a commercial space you have the ability to take the story in then create something that's beyond their expectation but create something that then furthers the depth of their story um right exactly of their of their aesthetic of their yeah uh, the mood the mood what you, that you feel when you walk into a, a you know some people like really ultra modern hotels and they walk in and they want to see um you know rothko's and they want to see um really modern pieces and that's what they like other people like to walk into hotels that have a little bit more of a, a mood of more of a uh, just a different level style. Of, of, yeah. of style yeah or a different yeah. style of style even like a different genre you know from yeah. you might have a hotel that you walk in and it, years ago I used to stand in the Palmount Hotel in New York and it was designed by Philippe Stark and I would go in there and it would be it's got a, a rock star feel to it, you know, and it attracted yeah. lots of those kind of clientele. But then if I went and stayed at the plaza, the plaza is nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. Very, very different. Yeah. Yes. I never yeah. stayed at the plaza. <laughs> oh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, no, it's it's a very it's very different, and and um, it really you have to be able to interpret each uh, the feeling. And then there are certain rooms where um, you might not be able to contribute something. Well, you might be able to write. You might be able to go. Well, this is this might be not necessarily aesthetically something that I can add to. Um, maybe it's too, for me, maybe it's too modern, maybe it's too yeah. contemporary yeah. or, or whatever. Um, but, but in the whole, um, my work sort of spans really project to project. I think that yeah. for an architect that maybe wants to hire you, there'd be the ability to 
interpret their um, their building or their or their um, the the house or whatever the structure yes. is. That would be Absolutely. one, and then also bringing it to life with um, your genius of you know whether you add people to it or whether you add other parts to it, so that it mm -hmm. deepens the story. And yeah. I certainly know that those kind of things make beautiful um, client gifts. They also make amazing things to put on your studio walls. Um, if you're an architect or interior designer, something like that. When you go to hospitality, yeah. I think that there's a whole different level of touches that depending on where it is. Uh, what I, yeah. I, I asked you it because I go, um, most people have probably never hired an illustrator to do anything. They hire a photographer, but they don't right. necessarily hire an illustrator. That's and the world we live in. Yeah, It is. But the both have their own magic an interesting Absolutely. thing that a friend of mine who's a photographer said to me he goes i don't get architects who don't spend good money on photography and i was like why is that and he goes it's all they get they don't get the house or the building they don't get to live in it they get to hand it over and all they get is the photographs and if right. you think about that with the illustration as well all they get is if it's of a project, is what the, those pieces that they can keep. And something that um, that I've done over the years is often framed, um, we do sort of hand sketches. I'll frame a yeah. hand sketch, nowhere near the quality of your work, just quietly. No, um, they're beautiful. I've well, been looking fine, at them. But, but, um, but we frame that and give, give it to the client as a client gift um, of their home. Yeah. We don't do it like this. We play with it a bit more than that and it goes out in um like blueprint form so it's it's a dark yeah. background with white um but yeah. yeah it's that thing of how do we give them something that is meaningful of their project that stays Absolutely. with them and i go to be able to have somebody like you do something of that a it's uh if if you've got an architectural firm or an interior design firm it um it's something that you can keep for yourself but you can also give to a client Absolutely. It should be a beautiful, yeah. a beautiful gift, like something beyond. I remember when I first saw your illustration work, I come from a family of artists and went, she's got it. That oh. je ne sais quoi. It, it, seriously? Je ne sais quoi. <laughs> when you come from a family of artists, you, you, you are an art critic as such, but you're a technique critic as well. Right. And often with illustration it's what's not drawn that's going to make the difference it's, right, yeah. it's, it's always what's left out it's yeah. the space that it creates that makes the magic um it's yeah. not about and in a photograph it's often about being able to capture enough without overpowering the photograph and in design in a home often you know we have this thing where we just open up every view to be the biggest view Right, but, but the real genius comes when you actually close the view down to pieces to see that are the most meaningful pieces there because otherwise your eyes full and it doesn't necessarily see the piece. Yes. Um, and I always think that the Japanese have an aesthetic that they do very well with that. They could have a massive view across the sea and there could be one island or one tree on a headland and they will yes. get one window. You don't get to see the sea, you get the one tree on the headland. Because that's the most beautiful piece of the view that they've yeah. decided. I love that absolutely. playing that way. Well, that has been yeah. absolutely brilliant. We we will post all your 
socials and contact details and stuff on our website. Oh, thank you. And You're so kind. Thank you. Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> the gift was mine. You know, I got the gift here. Oh, that's very sweet. <laughs> always, very sweet. always. It's like, yeah, being able to that connection and that um, journey, and yeah, I, you were saying before about COVID times. Yes. And the UK, um, Texas would be a place to be out of um, right yes. now. Mm. So yes, stay, not doing very well. No, not very well at all. My, my th <laughs> thoughts are stay incredibly safe there. Thank and, you. Um, Thank you. You as well. We're, we, we are living as if there is no COVID almost now. I, know, I heard Australia is doing really well. So that's yeah. wonderful. And New Zealand as well. Is, New Zealand phenomenal. free. Australia, most parts other than Victoria, which has been locked down again. Um, yeah. But where I live here, we still do social distancing. But other than that, you would have no idea that there was anything. That's wonderful. Yeah. That's really wonderful. Hopefully the world will get back to somewhat normal yeah there'll be some there'll be something where, where people actually respect people a lot more as well it's a process it's a process and i think it's we'll get a better place for it ultimately yeah. we will have a better world for it it's just yeah. what a horrible way to be told to wake up um, i know i know i know a sharp a sharp and then you're shot. also there's there's this um it is right. a sharp shot and there was also this um um, where you now you don't approach people right when you're meeting people you think uh, I can't hug you uh, you know I guess a handshake isn't really appropriate anymore so it's very um, it's different, uh, difficult eh? to, to connect yes it's very difficult friends of mine um, Barbara and Ellen Pease have done um, a, a thing that Ellen's the world's expert on body language and um, <laughs> they've done a thing, I don't know whether I can get in shot enough to do it, but where they do, they call it the heart hug. So oh. they put their hand on their heart when they greet you. Oh, I like that. I, I like that. Would. Because it's at least point. there's there's at least something, you know, that shows... An acknowledgement. Uh, an acknowledgement yeah. of affection, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This sort of, um, yeah, this sort of way of feeling like everyone has leprosy. It doesn't feel good, yeah. But I like that. That's really nice. A little heart, a little heart hug. A heart um, hug, yeah. A heart hug. It's a beautiful way. Well, we will be in touch. Of oh, sorry. <laughs> it's the dogs. It's been an absolute pleasure, winner. Oh, same. Thank you so much. This Thank is lovely. You. So lovely. <clears throat> and I look forward to our next chat soon. Yes, absolutely. Anytime. Let's book something in. That'd be absolutely. great. Okay. Uh, Hi, this is Richard Petrie from the Architect Marketing Institute. And this is Richard's Magic Arrows. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. You find out that you've lost a project because you were speaking to the wrong person. You thought you were speaking to the right person. They told you they were the right person. When you asked them, you asked them, who makes the decision on this? And they, of course, said me. 
Now, maybe they answered me because they're embarrassed to say, I don't make the decisions, I'm just the one collecting the information. Or maybe they thought they were the decision maker, but when it turned out to writing out the check or spending the money, it was their boss or someone else. So how do you get access to that other person and how do you find out who that other person is? Because if you're not speaking to the decision maker, you're really putting yourself at a major disadvantage because you're not able to collect the key information which is going to help you win that deal. So instead of saying who makes the decision on this project, you might say to yourself, apart from you, who else is involved in the decision-making process? Now, notice the way that's structured, apart from you. So obviously, you're an incredibly important person in this whole thing, but obviously you're a decision-maker. Who else? And this gives them a chance to say their boss without, you know, if you ask who makes the decisions and they go, oh, my boss, it kind of makes them feel like a bit of an underling. This gives them a chance to still hold their credibility and make it look like they're important. A little difference, but it makes a big difference, right? Because that the other person could be a business partner, could be a wife, husband, could be a committee that really makes the decision in the end of the day. So apart from you, who else is involved in the decision of this project? Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to win better projects, earn higher fees from clients who value great design, I've got a free 90-minute training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.